0: We're sending about 50000 per month now, and we'll probably be ratcheting that up as the year goes along What? Here. Yes.
1: I'm excited about that.
0: Okay. Yes. Because more mail means more leads money. and more deals and more money in, in your pocket. I'm in money your pocket
1: focused. Book. Yeah. <laughs> My pocketbook. That's an old term. Okay.
0: Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources and now here are your hosts pete and heather reese welcome to the turning profit podcast was that a little wild?
1: No, actually, no? I don't think okay. it was. I just think it's funny. You, you know, I've got like two, like this one, we're really getting into these questions, right? So I've got like two phones going.
0: <laughs> well, today's episode is going to be a continuation of last week's episode, which was all about answering your burning land investing questions. And we've got some really good ones today. Do we?
1: The,
0: yeah. I haven't even read them yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll see, Heather. We'll
1: see, yeah, we'll see how- I haven't
0: either. No, I'm actually I this have. for
1: guarantee from Pete yes, here. So. I've
0: actually handpicked these- questions from our community oh you did yeah these are from our land flipping community so i've handpicked the ones that would um be uh, the most interesting and provide the most value and kind of uh these are kind of frequently asked questions that we get so hopefully you'll learn a lot from them in the process
1: okay sounds good um i want to start today we're still in san diego i know i always want to say where we are
0: oh yes we are in san diego in
1: our little podcast studio here um, which is also doubles as your office, right? Mm, yes. And I want to start with my question that I'd asked you a question last week okay. or last episode, which was only like five minutes ago, but okay, we'll pretend it was last week. And um, I want to know the one business tip that you think makes the biggest difference. Like hmm. if you just had to pick one, I mean, I'll probably ask you the same thing okay. again and you'll probably say something different. Okay. But like so for you right want now. like a
0: business tip that you think that just a- any business tip? That's Anything for any me? type of business, okay. but uh, here's a good one. Okay. When you're negotiating something, and negotiating happens a lot in the land-flipping business because you're dealing with offers that are coming in and you're negotiating or something like that, never paint yourself into a corner.
1: Okay. So what do you mean by that?
0: Never give an ultimatum saying-
1: It's like this or get out.
0: Yeah, Unless exactly. you're serious
1: and you want them to get out. Exactly.
0: Like if yes. that's your goal. Yeah. So I would never say like if if I was going to, you know, someone offered us- Fifty thousand for a property, mm-hmm. and really, I want to sell it for sixty thousand, but you know I might take fifty five if if push comes a shove. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go back to them and say, best I can do is sixty thousand. you know mm-hmm. I would say something like, you know, sixty thousand is really what we need to get for this in order for it to make sense for us, right so it sounds very convincing, but in those words, I never said something like. This is the best I can do. Right. You know, and you could be the type of person that says (laughs) says, 60,000 is the best I could do, but that's a complete lie and I don't like lying.
1: Right. So. Also, I think people are. Um, a lot of times, it's a mental thing. Like, well, they're done. This mm-hmm. is it. And like, once you say something like that in their mind, they're like, I don't even want to deal with this person anymore because it's mm-hmm. this is it. And if you came back, they'd be like, I'm. I'm already done. Yeah,
0: they're out. Yeah, right. they've already made this. And decision. it's not
1: even the ultimate ultimatum word. It's the way that you phrase it sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's like don't burn bridges, but mm-hmm. in negotiating.
0: Right. Yeah. So that that one thing. You'll get into a lot of negotiating in this business, mm-hmm. so it's a very interesting thing to just keep, keep in the back of your head a lot of these times. So Yeah,
1: and you can use it in life in general. hmm yep. Okay. Okay, well, that was very good. Thank yeah, you Yeah, when
0: I negotiate with you on different things. Yeah. I never paint myself in a the corner. There's no
1: negotiation I win. But anyways, yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. sure, Pete. All right. Uh, okay, are we ready?
0: Sure, I'm ready.
1: Okay, Abby um, sends this question, or... Where'd you get this question from?
0: Oh, this is from our land flipping community.
1: Oh, very good. Where do you find that?
0: A link below this video. Or you can also go to turningprofit.com and there's a big button on there you press and then it takes you right to a group. <laughs> okay, so it's quite or obvious. Community.
1: Okay, yes. yes. Oh, you yeah.
0: Yes. I it's we're calling it a community. It's not a group, it's a community of right. like-minded people.
1: Okay, I like it. Okay, so capital gains tax. Is anyone else in a state with a capital gains tax? question mark. In Washington state they just passed a 7% tax on capital gains from the sale of an asset. Don't worry, I'll definitely work with my CPA. But I just wondered if anyone fr- uh, here doing deals has dealt with this in their state already and what that does to your profit margin when you're trying to flip lots of deals. Thank yes, that's- no. I have to put in oh, my disclaimer. Okay. We are not tax professionals, not a CPA. Please consult your own. Go for it. These are Pete's personal opinions. They do not reflect our whole family.
0: Okay. Are you done with your disclaimer? Now I can go on. Okay. So this Mm -hmm. is a very interesting question because Mm -hmm. when you're in the land flipping business and you're buying properties all over the country, there's a lot of state-specific rules. Each state has their own rules. Some are very lax. Some are more restrictive. So it sounds like Washington State Post just passed a a special tax where you, if short-term capital gains, you may have to pay an extra seven percent of your profits. And there's other states that like that. And I think Georgia is one that's like that as well, off the top of my head. Where basically they're taking an extra fee from mm-hmm. your 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 profits or your you know your gains on those. I things. like how so, you
1: said that though, because it's just a fee.
0: Yeah, it's it's a fee, you know, and it's just. And the answer to that question is basically you just have to build it in. You know, mm-hmm. you just have to build that into your, your projections of what you're going to make on the property. It's the cost of doing business in that state. You're not going to change it. It might not make sense to do business in that state from from that perspective. Maybe the deals are too tight by taking that extra 7%. But but in reality, it's 7%. And you could probably just bump the sales price, price up, you know, a certain little percentage, and you'd be fine to compensate for that.
1: I think it's important. We don't dwell on these kinds of things. No. And we don't do any, you know... Um, I almost said funky monkey business. I don't no, know. no funky monkey funky business. Funky monkey business with taxes. It, you know, we just do the best that we can. Um, this is what happens when I use your phone for that. I just oh, hung up on whoever that was. Time. Yeah, I
0: don't know. It's my
1: mother-in-law. No, I'm just kidding. I would <laughs> never do that to her. But I think that's just it. You got to look at it as just a, a cost of doing business. So, okay, they did this. Does the deal still work? Exactly. Does it make sense for me to still do business? Yeah. In
0: and, and some states, you know, it costs you more to get that transaction done because of the fees and the taxes in that particular area, but...
1: Or the escrows could be more there. Who knows, It is right? what it is. You right. know,
0: some there could be wide variations. You know, in some states, a transaction may cost you $1,000. In other states, it may be on average $3,000. Mm-hmm. But I don't really worry myself with those little details, because on average, we're making 22000 per deal. That's been our average over the course of all the deals that we've done. So, you know, an extra 1000 or two, obviously, I don't want to actually just pay a lot of taxes, right. but... I'm still going to make a lot of money on it, so
1: it's not. One thing we really learned when you were doing the inve- like working for investors. I mean, we'd done our own flips and stuff, right? But for mm-hmm. investors, it's just a numbers game. So if All you're numbers. looking at people who are very successful in real estate, it's just a numbers game. That's it. Right. There's no emotional tie. I'm not going to get upset that that some law was anything. Right. It's either works or doesn't work. I don't hate on anybody. Right. You okay, can political. play within the rules it is, of the game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And also we've learned like even taxes that the rules can be to your advantage. Right. Right. That's right. But the other thing I want to point out to that is that she said that this just passed, right? Mm-hmm. Like this just happened. And it's another reason why we move our properties so quick right. because you don't know what's coming. You don't, you know what I mean? Like you live in today, move them quick so that you, you don't want to be holding five gazillion property. You know what I mean? Like right. properties and then have something like that happen. Exactly. Okay, cool. Moving on because we've got to keep these going. Steven says, purchasing power. As I'm, well, you get a lot of messages. They're like popping up all over your screen. I know, I know. Um, as I'm reviewing the offer pricing spreadsheet from PRYCD. Is that how? Priced. Uh, price. I, I always do that. That's so funny. I never even read right. it that way. Priced. In the counties that I'm targeting, it's clear there are properties well outside of my purchase power, even at 30% MV.
0: Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: I'm looking to you for Market acronyms. Value. Thank you. I knew that, by the way. I'm just, okay. you're supposed to be helping me. Okay. Uh, This is my first go around and I'm working with a smaller budget. Plus, I'm trying not to look for outside funding at the moment. Should I remove these properties that are outside of my buying power from my direct mail campaign since I know I can't afford them? Or is there value to keeping them and mailing uh, mailing out an offer? I'm guessing I need to be more specific with my lead filters to begin with. Since I'm paying for this data up front, I'm trying to make the lead process more efficient. Could use some guidance. Thanks. First, I want to talk about the two different ways to do it really narrowing down right like okay. he's really spending time narrowing down his list and like right. he's probably looking at every single lead it sounds like or at least kind of doing that or you do the what do you Shocking call that? approach yeah thank you <laughs> yes. um so you you might set parameters right right broad um, parameters broad parameters okay if this was you without even getting into specifics would you keep them or no
0: personally i would keep them why because i figure you know if it's if it's outside of a deal that I would be comfortable funding myself, I would just bring on a partner. If it's a deal. It's a deal. If it's a deal, yeah. And believe me, some of those larger ones like that, even though you want to fund everything yourself, I understand that. But say it's a, a $300,000 property and you're going to resell it for $600,000. Even if you had to bring on a partner to fund that whole mm-hmm. thing, when you resell it and you make... A three hundred thousand dollar profit split between you—that's one hundred fifty thousand.
1: Without putting your money in it, all you're doing is including it in right. the mailer. That's,
0: that's a pretty good deal, yeah. right? I would include it in the mailer, right. and if it spits out some really good deals, you might make m- way more on that than you did with all the others combined.
1: Yeah, and I like we talk about this. I like doing those ones take longer to close or to, to sell. Right, they're not like within the same time frame that our other Sometimes, ones do. Yes. That's mm-hmm. true, actually, because some of them you're right, mm-hmm. but statistically, I think they. I don't know. Normally they're for people who are going to be doing bigger projects. And yeah, like it's
0: just, you know, bigger, bigger deals take longer to sell. So just, yeah. you
1: could look at it that you have, like, these are my short terms to build up the business or whatever. And then when this one hits, you know what that's I mean? your home run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, did we cover all his questions there? I would keep it. Try to, If any of them turn out to be good deals, yeah. negotiate them and then find a funder.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the way I would look at it, honestly. And you can, you can obviously, you know, filter out those ones and just, mm-hmm just send things that you're comfortable funding yourself. But I don't see much of a need to do that, honestly.
1: Right, I mean, worst case scenario, you don't fund it and it's Mm -hmm. you paid 17 cents for the Mm -hmm. mail, right?
0: No, the mail How much is would, a lot more expensive. I yeah, know. I know. I was
1: thinking that. Yeah, even the postage would be. Yeah,
0: you know, the mails. If you're doing a lot of volume, it's fifty cents per letter.
1: So. Okay, so fifty cents. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. I don't right. think anyone would say, "I'm going to cut out the fifty cents," even though I might make one hundred fifty thousand. Right.
0: I will say that if you are focusing on smaller properties, kind of lower dollar properties, you'll probably get a better response rate on your list. So if you're if you're really interested in getting like the ultimate return for that, that mailer as far as the response rate goes, maybe you kind of filter out those higher dollar properties. but
1: Okay. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Um, Sean asks, setting up an LLC. How important is it to set up an LLC before sending out your first mailer, doing your first transaction, or is it not that big of a deal?
0: I personally think it's a pretty good idea to get something like a business entity set up before you send out your, mm-hmm. your mailers, or at least before you actually close on a purchase. So. That's uh, I think that's a pretty good safe. If you're planning to build a real business out of this, I think it's pretty important.
1: And business entities are there's a lot of reasons for them. Keeping your personal transactions separate from your business transactions. There's tax advantages, advantages or, you know, yes. also asset protection, all these different things. Right. There's reasons why you want to do that. Also, just protecting who your name or, you know. Uh, I will say, so I agree with you, and I will say that you should get it started as soon as possible, because as we've learned, some states are super slow in getting Mm -hmm. tax ID numbers back, state ID numbers, just the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So do you have a resource for people?
0: Uh, Yes, I do have a resource, and that's going to be posted in the um, classroom section of our land flipping community. It's not there right now, but it will be very soon.
1: Okay, sounds good. That's funny. I just... I randomly thought I'd ask. So start the if you can afford it, which you should be able to afford it before you're yeah, out the mailing. you. Yeah, they're pretty reasonable. know,
0: two three hundred bucks in some of these states, you can get an entity set up, I and obviously of... you have to pay to have taxes done and things. So there mm-hmm. are expenses, but, but well worth it in my opinion if you're planning to actually create a real business with this.
1: Right. I, yeah, I would I would say start now. A lot of people get hung up that maybe it does cost like you know ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Maybe it did in the eighties, but not now. Right. Okay, Robert asks uh, leads. What are some of you? What are some of you using for leads? I am working on pursuing first deal. I have tried Prop steam for the first month along with launch control for texting. I learned a few things generating and scaling the list after my allowed 10000 per monthly list and seems to be a bit stuck at the moment. I also recognize PropSteam isn't exactly crisp or up to date. You're going to have to take this one.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, it's Prop stream. So uh, instead of Prop steam but I think that was me. Okay. <laughs> it was me. That's okay. Prop. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> prop steam might be cool. I don't know. Prop stream. I've never personally used them, but I have, I have awesome. people mentioned that about, about the data. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but regardless mm. <laughs> I've got, you know, as far as the, who we use, we use mostly data tree for our building our list, which is a first American company. And the thing with data tree is that in order to get some better pricing you have to commit to a long-term contract so you have to you have to kind of commit to a certain level of, of data that you're going to be pulling each month uh the other option is that to use priced like we mentioned earlier they actually have P-R-Y-C-D.
1: A, yeah Me right they actually have
0: <laughs> they have a, a direct uh, connection to data so they're using data data and then uh you just pay for it you know, as you need it through them. So okay. it costs a little bit more, but at least you don't have to do the long-term contracts. So.
1: Okay, and, and in case someone's just jumping in here, DataTree gives you what?
0: They allow you to build your lists. So they basically compile public all Public records? Public records, yeah. Okay. It's, it's all this information from all these properties all over mm-hmm. the United States. And you can basically say, pick a certain county and a certain state, put in parameters. You can filter by all type, types of different things. Generally, we're filtering by- land, you know, vacant land, Mm -hmm. obviously acreage sizes. And then you can also filter by things like, do I want to include commercial properties? Do I want to just have rural or agricultural properties in there? Uh, You can do different things like that. And if there's a structure on it, do you want to like remove those from your list? Things like that.
1: Okay. And then price takes that information and gives you, they figure out the average acre pricing and then they spit out what you should be putting in an offer. You can
0: buy the data from them just like you would through data tree. So you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have to. And then they've got a separate thing, which is actually a pretty cool tool in a lot of ways where, where they will actually price your offers for you. Like they'll come up with a suggested pricing for, that you would put on your offer letters. I like that, that especially when you're
1: first starting out and you're still learning, because I think even just looking at that would be helpful. Right. I remember in our days doing BPOs, um, you know, broker price opinions when for for closures and and bank on properties and just seeing all that data really like that's what i was saying before like eventually this will be secondhand to you oh it will
0: be yeah and and you'll be able to comp properties and figure out what they're worth very quickly but at the beginning you want to remove as much friction as mm-hmm. possible so it's it's a really good good tool to get started and I, and I still use the pricing aspect of it for some areas that are maybe new to me mm-hmm. you know where I don't have as good of a feel of what things are worth in that particular area, so I use it sometimes for the, for those type of areas we're trying to break into.
1: So if you're worried about you know pricing, that's that's what you want to do. Right. This would be a good thing to get you get you going. Okay, Robert asks uh, perk tests. Are you as a land investor performing perk tests to ensure the land is suitable for septic prior to closing on a land deal? If so, I'd like to know why or why not.
0: Right, uh, certain properties I would.
1: Perk test, that's for people who need to have a septic system that doesn't have sewer.
0: Exactly. So okay. if you're buying a property that really only has one use, which would be building a house. building house yeah. on it or something, then in most of these rural areas, you're going to need a um, perk test and, or a positive perk test. So yeah. so it, 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 basically, they're saying that you'll, the soil is suitable for a septic system. Right. right.
1: There's leach lines. You know, If you don't know a lot about that, because a lot of people don't live in areas, you should... Just do a quick Google search on what is a septic system, how it works, and what a perk test is
0: right all right and you know some areas it's a more of a it's a bigger deal than others because the soil is varies a lot from area to area and some soils are suitable some soils aren't it's a whole big rabbit hole that you can get yourself down but the thing is if you're buying a smaller property generally that's in a rural area where it needs, you you need a septic system I think I if there's any sort of question in that area whether it would, you know, be suitable suitable for septic, I would probably have that done during the escrow period purchasing it. So
1: I'm like trying so hard not to make poop jokes. It's like really hard. And I I don't even do these kind of jokes. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, it is a messy subject, Heather.
1: I know. But this reminds me of something else. You know, we talk about building this team and we have engineers and social scientists. Soil science. Social science. Yes. We don't have those, but if you're one, that's cool. Also, right, that right. you, and people that are local, so they pretty much can tell, you know, what are the odds of it just because they know the area, they can yes. do, they have their own programs that talk about the soil composition. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I mean, there's lots of different niches and there's there's a million different ways we could kind of get <laughs> into the subject. Uh-huh. But, you know, on the smaller properties, they generally only have one use, and that would be residential building so site because you, so for instance like mm-hmm. a two acre property what are you going to do with it if it doesn't you know if you can't build a home on it it's
1: like not big enough for recreational but mm-hmm. not, you know it's the, yeah right so in that sense your investment is tied to it perking right and there's alternative septic systems yes
0: they're just more expensive
1: right and also i think people just kind of shy away from it like mm-hmm. yeah you could put this on but do you want a big above ground tank. I don't some know, of, you know. Some of
0: the alternative sy- systems may cost more than what you're actually trying to sell the lot for. That's the problem.
1: Right. And if it's not a, a hugely desirable area where someone just has to buy it,
0: yeah. why uh, would an they? An alternative system may cost 30000 if you're trying to sell the lot for 25000 30000 It just doesn't make a lot of sense to, to a potential buyer. Right.
1: Because then they're in it for 60000 and their neighbor paid thirty, right, or whatever. So in your suggestions, a smaller ones you should I think perked.
0: I think it's at least worth investigating, calling mm-hmm. up the county and seeing if there's failed perp tests in the past, because mm-hmm. they generally keep records of those things.
1: If they're and, submitted.
0: Right. And then maybe calling a soil scientist and at least getting their opinion if they think that the soils in that area would be good. And then if you can or or you're if you want to be ultra careful, you get the perk test done while you're in the process of buying the property. Yeah, and so. I think
1: that does help sometimes with the sale. Like well, if it has approved yeah, perk test, right?
0: Exactly. And that will help you on the resale side mm-hmm. of things. So that's why we do it a lot of times too because it's, you know, we know that we could sell the property for more if we have a good perk test.
1: Right. And fail ones are... Couple hundred dollars like worst case scenario uh, we... you
0: yeah, know a lot of time. It just depends on who you're dealing with. Um, okay. Some could be eight hundred dollars, yeah, could that's be a true. thousand, uh it could be five hundred. It just depends.
1: Right. And sometimes that's just worth the mm-hmm. it's worth it. Okay. Pat says turning profit monthly reports at Pete Reese. I was reviewing your monthly reports. Impressive.
0: Oh, thanks.
1: Uh you have some real courage with the quality Yeah, courage. With the quality of mail you send per month. Quantity. Oh.
0: Boost your land-flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting-edge software tool is your key to success in the land-flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24/7 live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow Land Flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your Land Flipping success.
1: <laughs> I'm having problems reading today. Yeah, that's okay. I'm here for um, you, Heather. Quantity of mail you send per month, even from the beginning. I'm thinking 5000 to 10000 per month. I don't have a staff yet. Uh, you're at 30,000 plus minus month. Anyway, how many counties are you in? I'm wondering if I can even come up with 10,000 mailers question mark. What company is printing your offers?
0: Okay, so there's a number of questions in there. First of mm-hmm. all, we're sending about 50,000 per month now, and we'll probably be ratcheting that up as the year goes along. What? Here. Yes.
1: I'm excited about that.
0: Okay, yes, cuz more Mail means more leads money. and more deals and more money in, oh, in your pocket. I'm in money your pocket
1: focused. Book. Yeah, <laughs> my pocketbook—that's an old term. Okay.
0: Uh, so yeah, so about fifty thousand a month is what we're doing now. I think five to ten thousand, like Pat was mentioning, is a very good start. I think that's very solid and very uh, that that'll give especially you especially
1: if you're doing all the steps, right? That's doing everything manageable. yourself.
0: Yeah, it's manageable. You also hopefully get some deals out of that as well.
1: Okay. Um. How many counties are you in?
0: OK, so that's another part of the question. You know, does she think that she can even get that many or he or uh, yeah, or he um, get that many, um, you know, counties with that uh, type of mail volume? And yes, there are infinite <laughs> numbers of properties in the United States. I don't know how many. I forget what the number of counties is. It's like forty five hundred counties or something like that in the United States. You're
1: looking at me like I it's would have lot. any idea. No, it's
0: a lot. I, f- I forget the exact number, but
1: is that in your broker test five thousand years ago?
0: No, it's not. But okay. there are plenty of plenty of parcels out there, so you're not going to run out of parcels to send these letters to. But I think you know most of our mailers were. Pr- if I had to just kind of ballpark it, I'd say we're probably at ten to twenty for each batch that we send out. So we send out a batch of 25,000 uh, pieces of mail on the first and 25,000 on the 15th mm-hmm. or right around there. So I think we're at 10 to 20 counties each batch.
1: Okay. So you're really dividing them up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You're right. Okay. And do you think that works better than doing, going all in on one at a certain, I guess that, that mitigates the risk mm-hmm. in case one of the counties just doesn't perform. You're not, yeah. And, you and know, it,
0: and these counties just have a finite number of properties. Like in a lot of these counties, we're doing like 10 acres plus or something like that. Right. So there's only a certain number in that county. Okay. So,
1: okay. I like that. As a conservative person with mail or spending, that's okay. That makes me happy. Okay. Right. Um. And then what company is printing your offers if you don't we're mind? We're
0: using, yeah, Rocket, Rocket Print and Mail is called. So we've actually got a uh, special promo set up with them for our, um, uh, students in our community. So there will be a link in the classroom section there if you want to check it out.
1: You heard it here, folks.
0: Right. So you get some special pricing. And then they're one of those companies that the more mail you do, the better price you'll get.
1: Okay. That's that sounds good. Okay. Next question from Matt, answering service and phone number. Hi Pete and other land investors. I'm excited to learn more and begin marketing soon. A few questions. Do you personally answer or have a service answer your phones? Or do you have a voicemail set up for calls? Also, where do you get your phone number or numbers?
0: Okay. Uh good stuff. We use a service called Pat Live mm-hmm. to answer our phones. And so it's a call. Pat was ser-
1: our last question answer person. What? Her name was or their name was oh, Pat.
0: Okay, maybe maybe related. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, this call service, uh, basically they answer the phone twenty four hours a day because I don't want to be taking any of these calls personally, honestly. And you know, and, and their job really is to kind of just be the first you know, inbound touch on the on these. They leads. weed out so, the people
1: that are angry and that don't aren't interested in selling.
0: Right. So, you know, when you send out <laughs> low offers, there's there's sometimes a chance well, it'll always happen that you get people calling that are upset with your low offer.
1: Even if it's not a low offer, a lot of people have emotional attachments to properties right. that I'm not have not nothing to do with or market. Or yes, <laughs> yeah. So nothing you could have said you could have said, I'll give you a million dollars and then been like Right. My grandpa built that stone right. fifty thousand years ago. It's worth 10 million.
0: Right. And okay. and and there's a lot of people that also believe that their land is worth five times more than what because it actually is worth. Right. So there's that aspect as well. So their job is to basically filter out those people that are not interested in selling for whatever reason. For whatever reason and the ones that are interested in selling. The ones that are interested in selling, they then get sent to us and then we manage the lead from there.
1: And they can do hot and Cold transfers, like so they yeah. can take a message, yeah, they, and someone can call or they can directly transfer.
0: Right. They can, okay. yeah. So you could set it up however you want it with them. You give them your exact script, mm-hmm. and I'll have my script posted that we give them in our um, community as well.
1: Okay. The one I wrote?
0: Hmm. The one you wrote? Okay. I'm just
1: joking. I was going to okay. see if you were going to go with that. I would have
0: loved your input on it, but
1: <laughs> not my you're unavailable, So Weird. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then do you also have like a voicemail setup or it just goes straight to the yeah. Life? 24 well, hours a day?
0: Yeah, twenty four hours a day. And yeah. do people
1: call late at night?
0: Sometimes people do. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. then I get an email when they call into that, that call um center. Like so detailing it. Yeah, so sometimes some of the upset people call in the middle of the night for some reason maybe they want to wake you up from your sleep or something mm-hmm. i don't know they're bored but the maybe other thing, they think they're just going to get a voicemail and complain
1: right so. and then they're like oh no someone answered the other thing is it's great because of time zones like if we're on the west coast and these property owners are on the east coast or vice versa it's, mm-hmm. it's helpful for that too right and then the last part of this is uh where do you where where do you get your phone number and i think you should mention about you want to make sure that it's a local number right okay go on yeah, so do. <laughs>
0: yeah, it doesn't have to be specific, the exa- exact um, area code that mm-hmm. they're in, but it's great to have something like regionally pretty close for a number that you give out. And you might have five numbers be- because you're working all these different regions. So the thing is that you have whatever number you get, you forward them to, your, to the Pat Live thing, and then, which then comes back to you. But, you know, there's a number of services out there. The one, one of them that we use is uh, Vumber. It's called V-U-M-B-E-R. The other thing is uh, we through our CRM, we actually, our business system, we've got uh, a source for phone numbers through that.
1: Okay. Kushal has a question. Okay. Acquiring properties on terms. Has anyone tried purchasing properties on terms from sellers? It can be a win-win where the seller can get a higher price and we can acquire the property at 60 to 70% of the market value, which we otherwise will not offer. I know that there are people doing this, but I wonder what kind of clause in the contract would allow the buyer to resell the property while making payments to the seller.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a couple of different ways to do this. And I do think that that would be a good uh, scenario in in some situations. Like the
1: bigger properties, right? The
0: bigger properties, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So say, for instance, you were going to buy a big property and your plan was you were going to subdivide it, like do a minor subdivision, split it into five parcels, and then sell it off one by one. See, that would be a perfect situation for that. There's a number of other perfect situations for that as well. But in that situation, it definitely could be structured as a win-win. Now, the logistically, what you want to do, I mean, personally, if I wasn't going to do something like that, I would make sure that I have the, um, the like, deed. Mm-hmm, and then full they, control. The, yeah, and then they, they've got a lien against that for the you know that property. So uh, you don't want the deed to remain in the previous owner's name. Right,
1: I think it almost would be better to do kind of almost avoid joint, avoid a joint venture. Maybe you give them some money up front.
0: Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpeat.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, something like that would be. Instead a, of a, yeah, and like, then so as you could,
1: sell them, you give them more.
0: Yeah, or or you say, for instance, you say that you are going to put you know just a certain amount up front, and then then you are going to pay for the cost to subdivide right. that property, and then you each get paid a certain amount from each you know from that each deal or each as property sell off. Yeah, you could structure it in a number of ways, but
1: it, but that's the thing is like get creative. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. If right. you can think of. Someone might be, you know, I would come to somebody with a bunch, like, do the best case scenario that would be the best win-win, and then kind of, like, you know, kind of write them up in different levels, and if that one doesn't work, then you could submit another one. Yeah, I
0: know some land investors that do all their deals creative in that way. Mm-hmm. They, they never buy them cash or never buy them through with a partner or anything like that. They always just structure something uh, directly with the sellers. So, you know, there's lots of different niches and lots of different angles you can take, but...
1: I, I'm like really in love with the creative financing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like cool. Like
1: owner financing. I think that there's, I guess it's just figuring out what that person needs. A lot of our sellers just want the money or need the money.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for us, the most duplicatable thing is to just do these cash deals as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But if you've got kind of less lead flow coming in, you can spend more time trying to be creative in some of these properties to put some sort of deal together.
1: Okay. But- Very good. Um, Kushal's just... Knocking it out we of the park. We get
0: another one. Okay. Yeah, is it
1: knocking out of the park?
0: Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I
1: come up with the weird. Knocking out of the park. That that there we go. Okay. One page versus two page letters. Um, we've actually talked about this in the past. Uh-huh. My letters to sellers is a simple one page and does not include a purchase agreement like a page two. Aside from being able to send the purchase agreement directly to the title company to open escrows, I don't see any reason to pay for additional page. Am I missing something? Have others noticed a difference in acceptance rates by including the purchase agreement?
0: Well, that's a good question. Obviously we're a big fan of the two page letter because the first page we kind of position ourselves as let them know about who we are, but more importantly, what we can do for them and why, you know, why we're contacting like them the in the first place. Yes.
1: It's not just like,
0: yeah. So if you're just sending the purchase agreement, you know, that, that single one page agreement, maybe you can put some of that stuff on your purchase agreement, kind of the marketing side of things also in that purchase agreement. But if you're just sending them that purchase agreement, you know, Personally, as as a seller, I'm tr- I just always try to put myself in the seller's shoes when mm-hmm. I'm trying to evaluate any of this marketing. I'm like, if I opened this letter and I saw that, I'd be like, "Well, I don't know. I'm not, t- I'm not just going to sign it, send it back." If like there's a purchase agreement, I would, I would, I would need a little bit more.
1: Right. You know I what feel I mean? like there's a low percentage of people that just send it or sign it and send it back. Right. And so I feel like that's your first chance to like get in the door, mm-hmm. like make them feel like you're legit, you're a real person, this is a real thing. And I feel like it's more like that's what can kind of sell them, you know? And then the negotiation actually really doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, including the purchase agreement obviously is important because then they're like, oh, they actually want to buy it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, if we want to get scientific, you should do A-B studies. Yeah, you exactly. Split, split it testing. in half, yeah, yeah. and see.
0: That's, that's the only way to really find out. I mean, we can come up with our best guesses on mm-hmm. all this stuff and ultimately you'd have to test it
1: right and you need to have like and, and it, i bet it would be different in different areas too
0: exactly lots so, of variables you have, to, right. you have to sort of account for all of them That's
1: even the maybe during time of the year like mm-hmm. someone might be more apt to just sign an agreement closer to the holidays if they want to pay for things like i think i guess don't get stagnant like it works but i think you're always improving ours right you're always changing i'm, and-
0: I'm always trying to yes
1: it's it's impossible that you are improving what's already amazing, right? That's
0: right. Yeah,
1: I was surprised you didn't actually say that. I have to say it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Jim has a question. Deal funding. I am closing on a property which has quite a bit of margin baked in. I'd prefer to finance with a hard money loan versus a split deal. Does anyone know any hard money lenders who specialize in land? Dun dun
0: dun. Uh, hard money for land is very difficult to find.
1: It's hard to find. Yes,
0: and it's pretty much non-existent unless you find some specific private kind of niche lender that Mm -hmm. says they do hard money for land but really they're
1: investing in you right in your ability
0: exactly so i think you're gonna have a hard time finding that now if you are looking for that approach maybe your best bet would be to find some sort of private lender that would be willing to believe in you and Mm -hmm. and fund your deals and things but
1: or build up to it i mean this what they're talking about is like the sweet spot like who wouldn't want that right i want that exactly i'd love to have just like i don't know
0: Endless money for Yeah, someone I was like, to, back, to think of something. Of and I deals. was like,
1: you know what I mean? And then a set interest rate, and that sounds great. Mm-hmm. If you're out there, right. email
0: well, Pete. Yes, email me, sure.
1: But the reality is that, yeah, I think, it, but it, as we've seen, people want to get in on our deals now. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier once you've been doing it because you have the track record, right? Yeah.
0: And once you have a track record, I think that you're, you're going to find it mm-hmm. a lot easier to find partners and things, people to collaborate with and things like that. But as you're getting going, I honestly wouldn't shy away from just doing the partner deals. Obviously, you don't make as much, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be able to do hopefully twice as many deals.
1: Right. And and yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Okay. Doug has uh, using, oh, geez.
0: What? What did Doug say? I know
1: why you included this one. okay. Using IRA to purchase land. Is anyone using a self-directed IRA to purchase land? Is is this just to shame me?
0: Yes, it is. It's to land shame you Heather. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go ahead. W- yes. So what was his question? Can you use? Um... He's
1: like, is anyone using their self-directed IRA to purchase oh. land? It, this isn't about you, Doug. This is about Pete and I. It's okay. a relationship issue.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. So we we definitely do that on our own. We, ours are a self-directed solo four hundred one k. We so, don't. Huh? Let's be honest here. What? Okay. Well, Heather and I each have our own separate accounts. Mm-hmm. I've been using mine to buy and sell some land. And it's been going very well. Heather's been invested in the stock market and crypto. No, no, no crypto. <laughs> crypto. Just the...
1: It was just like EFTs. I was like, because I am a lazy investor and I don't like risk.
0: Mm-hmm. And right. it wasn't.
1: And I, you were like, I'm going to invest in some land. And in some land deals. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do it too. But I, I was lazy. So you did it. Mm-hmm. Right. And how's it working out for you?
0: Uh, well, a lot better than your account. No, it's it's been going very well. So I, I don't. This is I so land.
1: sad. No, I think that you are you have five times the value that I do. Okay, it's been like a that. bad stock market year, so we right. Can ad-
0: and you know what? And I also should say that that's with a huge loss on the stock side. For me. <laughs> no, you I sold bought, at a loss. I I I thought I was doing a um, hitting a home run transaction when I was <laughs> buying Carnival Cruise Lines at seventeen, and then <laughs> it ended up going down to six or seven. I ultimately, ended up selling it for nine, and then just bought some land with it. So I took a loss on that.
1: Mm-hmm. So but even you with that with said yes,
0: and I bought a lot of shares of it too. So
1: I know. But now I've realized that I can't be so lazy. And really, this isn't that difficult. So I'm just, I'm liquefying. Listen,
0: <laughs> liquidating. <laughs> liquefying. That sounds terrible, Heather. <laughs> I'm so upset about
1: it. I'm liquefying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, the
0: tears. And I have to say, I've got a background with stocks. Right. I'm <laughs> like a... That was my first job out of college. When like, I, I met was a, you, you, yes, were... I was like a uh, an investment advisor with uh-huh. Prudential Security. So I had my Series Six, uh, Series Seven, <laughs> wow, yeah, Series Seven and Series sixty three and a Series sixty five, I think yeah. it was. Anyhow, I was telling people how to invest their life and life savings into these stock tips that I had, and I was living paycheck to paycheck at the time, so right. it didn't really mesh well. Anyhow, so but I think yeah. I, I know I know about stocks, and I know that. It's not what I want to be doing.
1: Right. And so if you really love stocks, we're not saying sell stocks or anything, but just telling our personal experience, I will be liquefying and also liquidating. And I will be doing that. I think that's, um, It's more actually more control. I I talk about not wanting to be like I'm a lazy investor and all this kind of stuff. But you have way more control. Mm -hmm. And it's probably way less effort, I guess. Anyways, yeah, it's kind of an embarrassing thing. A lot of the
0: deal funders out there are actually using their self-directed 401ks or IRAs.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, because it's very, you know, Mm -hmm. as part of the rules, you're not really supposed to be doing anything active for those. So those deals just have to kind of show up in your lap to, to do that. So.
1: Anyways, talk to your tax advisor, your CPA, or whoever you talk to about these things, not us. But that's what we did. Exactly, yes. Thanks, Jim, by the way. Now Pete and I have a major. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Jim. He asked a very smart question. Okay, let's do another one here. Brian, um, entity structure. Has anyone here implemented a more advanced entity structure for your land company for asset protection purposes? For example, moving your LLC to a state like Wyoming or Nevada with charging order protection, creating a holding company or a separate management company, et cetera. I'd love to hear the experience of anyone willing to share things. So I'm going to start before even Pete says anything. and We are not legal professionals, not attorneys, not tax advisors, nothing. But what Pete's going to share is what he wants to share. Yeah. First
0: of all, I had to say, Brian, Brian, who asked that question. Mm-hmm. He's one of the um, well. We have a number of like higher, um, like experienced land investors in the group, and I think he's. I don't know if he wants me to call him out, but he's doing a lot of revenue and net income with his land business. When well, he's so asking got, all the right
1: questions, yeah. Here, so like. he's, uh,
0: he's pretty advanced, and he's uh, he's got a great business going for him. So we've got all ends of the spectrum in in the group,
1: there, and so, I think you showcase too. Oh, I just bit this thing. Yeah. Um, you showcase too that once you get deeper into this you start thinking deeper like right. this is a complete legit this is a very good question
0: right yeah so entities and entity kind of uh, structuring uh, there are a number of different kind of i guess uh, strategies strategies that people do but the kind of the main one is that they'll do a holding company in a state like wyoming mm-hmm. and then they'll do state-specific entities that are holding the properties, the, the titles to the, the land itself.
1: And that's because so. it's harder to pierce the corporate veils in some places. And right.
0: So you're so, pretty much just layering the The protection. thing with Wyoming is it's hard for people to actually figure out who owns that Wyoming LLC. You can go a step further and you can have a trust own that Wyoming LLC holding company, which then owns LLCs that own the actual properties, take the title to the actual properties.
1: And if so. you are just starting, do not worry about it. Yeah, all, you don't like, have to worry about it. I mean, that. you can. It's good to
0: have one entity no, to start with. And, if you yeah. want
1: to worry about this, you most certainly can, and it's smart to start as soon as possible. But mm-hmm. you don't have, like...
0: Right. I, it's good to get the main company set mm-hmm. up, at least.
1: And if you have an attorney that you already know or CPA, talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. see what they know. And people like to share this information. Right. Um, okay. Okay. Asan says, um, choosing counties. I was wondering what the minimum population density and minimum number of sold properties in the last year you guys recommend mailing?
0: Okay. Well, I don't really worry about that at all. Okay. So I don't worry about population density or anything like that. You're just I just kind of look at the activity. Yeah. Okay. So are things selling? You know, is there, are there, is there activity? You know, like, are there too many? properties on the market and not enough sales. So those are the kind of things that concern me that I look at.
1: Okay, one last question that literally has to be like a minute here. Okay, Uh, Clearing land to help sales. Hey, Pete, I noticed in your monthly reports that you often talk about clearing certain parts of the land prior to selling. Can you talk more about this? How do you think it helps? When does it make sense to clear? And when doesn't it? What do you do? Clear trails, home sites, etc.
0: Yeah, clearing trails is a big thing, especially Mm -hmm. if the property is really overgrown. Because you want people to actually be able to like walk through the property and see what it is. They're so it's like valid.
1: an access issue. More exactly. Than yeah.
0: Else. If there, if it's a property that's completely inaccessible, it's going to be a tough sale. I mean, you, you still have those people that said, Oh, I could clear those paths and everything, but it's going to be a lot tougher.
1: Right. Because they can't see themselves on that property, especially if they're buying it for recreational or their own home that you want them to be able to walk on it. And be like, we can have our grandkids come here or our kids or
0: that's an easy yeah. thing you can do to add value to a property.
1: Right. How, what are your thoughts on clearing land?
0: Clear-cutting land? Yeah, like getting rid of all no, the trees. No, no. G- generally, that, you know, decreases the value of the property. Plus, we like trees, right? Right.
1: I know. It's Personally, like, and <laughs> yes. I worry about all the little animals, but that's yeah. not what...
0: And the animals, is. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, I think there's definitely... And you could even do it where you wanted to clear for the... Ho- like, but doing... clear
0: for a home is different.
1: Yeah. Right. But also, then you worry... Our properties are, are big enough that they might not like the the site that you picked.
0: Right, exactly. So Everyone's you, got their own idea, about right? That stuff. So
1: it's so. mostly just about access. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is a good place to stop. I'm talking super fast, but I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you want, you know, me to. Shoot off some more questions to Pete. Yeah, we'll keep them. doing these
0: on a regular basis. These are good. I really like these. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can unpack here.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing what someone will ask a question and it'll bring up something else, <laughs> That's you right. know, in a good way. So I think we'll stop here. Thank you guys for joining us. We've had fun answering these questions.
0: Yes, join our community.
1: Turningprofit.com and you can find us social. Pete is something, what are you?
0: Yeah, Turning Profit Pete.
1: There we go, keeping it simple. Yep. See you next time. All right, see ya. Bye.
0: Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.